Coming up on today's edition of Locked On Eagles, the Eagles have a lot of draft picks in the first three rounds of the 2023 NFL Draft. When they select those prospects, what are their roles in 2023 on a loaded roster? All that and more on this Friday edition of Locked On Eagles. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We thank you so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. Welcome in Eagles fans to a Friday edition of the show. You can find our podcast Monday through Friday on all podcast platforms and on YouTube as well. We're always part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team, every single day, even throughout the offseason. We're less than a month away from the 2023 NFL Draft. The Eagles' main free agent decisions have all been made. Even yesterday, they made a nice signing for a defensive tackle in Contavious Street. But the main wave of free agent decisions, who to let go, who to re-sign as part of this year's core, They've all been made, so it's time to shift the focus over to the Eagles' two first-round picks at 10 and 30 overall, and their second-round pick and their third. They only have two sevenths on day three, but I expect that you know that definitely will change eventually um, when it comes to the amount of day three picks that Howie Roseman does have. But I want to continue the conversation moving forward towards the draft. So on today's edition of the show, I started to think you know, the last few days about, you know, who the Eagles could be thinking about at 10, at 30, in round two, in round three, as we talked about yesterday, are they going to move up? Are they going to trade down? Are they going to stand pat with that 10th and 30th pick? Are they going to make both selections? What are they going to do? And then I started to think about the players that they could take and what their roles would be in 2023, because although they did lose a good amount of key pieces from 2022, like, you know, Javon Hargrave and TJ Edwards, Kazir White, Chauncey Gardner, Johnson, Isaac Sayamalu, Miles Sanders. At the same time, the Eagles don't have a lot of glaring needs. This roster is one of the best still in the NFL. It's the most complete roster in the NFC conference. You look at a lot of the pieces that they brought in in free agency, they're replacing a lot of those departures. You know, you look at Rashad Penny's going to replace Miles Sanders at running back. They re-signed Fletcher Cox at defensive tackle. You know Jordan Davis and Milton Williams are going to step up to replace Javon Hargrave. You look at Cam Jurgens might be the guy at right guard. And, you know, linebacker, yeah, you lost both starters, but you have N'Kobe Dean that's been waiting in the wings for a year now. You signed Morrow from the Chicago Bears, who was a starter last year that played every snap. You know, at corner, you re-sign Slay and Bradbury. At safety, you know, you lose CGJ, but you bring in Terrell Edmonds. What are the roles for rookies next year on a team that's expected, that's going to be predicted by most to go back to the Super Bowl and represent the NFC? And I think it's for most positions, and there's some that there could be, you know, paths to be starters, and we'll get into that in the next segment, but... I think it's going to be like 2022. I think it's going to be like the role that Jordan Davis had, that Cam Jurgens had, that Nicobe Dean had, where a lot of these players are, I don't want to say red-shirted like Nicobe Dean and Cam Jurgens were. It's very rare you see a second and third round pick barely play. But I think most of them are going to kind of be like what Jordan Davis was last year, a player that definitely has a role in a rotation. But are they going to be the guy on this roster? There's not many areas of opportunity to be the guy. 
you know, you know, cause like at linebacker and Kobe Dean waited and now, now he is the guy there. So I think you're going to see that again this year where a lot of these players with these first four picks in the first three rounds are likely going to be redshirted. And I think some of the positions that you look at the Eagles could likely take the positions that they believe in the most. You look at the defensive line, the offensive line, uh, wide receiver, you know, um, the secondary cornerback and safety. Most of those spots, those are the ones you'd project because the positions that they need, it lines up. There's a reason that they need them. It's because that they don't pay and invest a lot of assets in those positions. So linebacker, safety, running back, these are the, you know, guard. These are the spots that you could say they have a more immediate need, but they don't tend to draft those positions early. I think they're going to probably draft a defensive tackle and or an edge rusher and potentially an offensive tackle. Um, and, you know, another potential, you know, cornerback. And those spots right now are like if they draft, let's say they they bring in Nolan Smith from Georgia. Hassan Reddick's in front of him. So is Josh Sweat. So is Brandon Graham. If they bring in a defensive tackle like Kalijah Cansey, is he going to have a role? Absolutely. But he's going to be behind Jordan Davis in snaps. Milton Williams, likely Fletcher Cox. He'll be a top four guy in that rotation. And if he emerges and he's playing better than Milton Williams, he's going to go ahead of him. Of course, he's a first round talent. Fletcher Cox is an older player. So, you know, you prioritize the top tier talent, right? You don't say, well, Milton Williams had this role, but we're not going to change it. But there's no like immediate opportunity to be a full-time starter where there's no competition at all at these main positions that I'm talking about that the Eagles are likely going to draft like on the offensive line. Sure. If you draft a Osiris Torrance from Florida, could he be the starter next year at right guard? Absolutely. Replacing Isaac Sayamalu, but they do have Cam Jurgens, who was a second round pick last year. And yes, his long-term future is to be replacing Jason Kelsey at center. But I think this team really trusts Cam Jurgens to make the switch to right guard next year while Kelsey still plays at center, and then he moves over the following season. So they might think that we can get through a year at right guard with a second-round talent. We can see, you know, because you don't want to have a second-round pick on the bench for two years. You want to get a good sense of, can this guy play at the next level? Can he be the one to replace Jason Kelsey? We have Jeff Stoutland, who is a master developer of talent on the offensive line. We think he can make the transition. So even if you draft an offensive lineman, even at right guard, is he guaranteed to start? Not this year, at least. Again, it, it's going to be like a redshirt year. If you draft Osiris Torrance, if he doesn't start this year, he'll start in 2024 when Jurgens moves over to center, but you're not guaranteed even at right guard a starting job this year or at running back. Unless your name is Bijan Robinson or Jameer Gibbs, you're not starting. You're not guaranteed, I should say, guaranteed is the key word to start over Rashad Penny and Kenneth Gainwell. So you draft a tackle. Jordan Maialata is the long-term left tackle. Lane Johnson just got a contract extension. I think most of these positions that they could take, it's likely going to be a redshirt season, but that's a really good situation to have. And I, I think you look at even the cornerback position. I really want them to draft a corner this year because I think long-term, they need that future boundary starter. Darius Slay and James Bradbury got contract extensions this year, but they're both in their 30s. And Bradbury will be here for at least two more years. Darius Slay, after 2023, there's no guarantee. So if you draft Christian Gonzalez or Devin Witherspoon at 10, which I would love, or you trade down or you trade up and you take Joey Porter Jr. from 10 moving down or 30 moving up, they're not going to start over Slay and Bradbury. I, I still want that move to happen, but 
most of these positions, they're likely going to have smaller roles next year because this roster is still, even with all the departures, it's pretty much set. And I, I think about right tackle a little bit more than the other positions because I listened to Jeff McLean's podcast today with Lane Johnson, and it was a fascinating discussion to listen to the tone that Lane had about football and just everything that he's been through. And again, this interview was at the end of 2021. So I'm sure his tone has changed. That's why he signed the contract extension. But Lane kind of talked about his complicated relationship with football because of his past injuries on top of his anxiety and how football almost enhances that anxiety, how there's that paranoia to you know perform at the top level. And when you add already having anxiety and having certain tendencies with that behavior, having a job like a right tackle in football, protecting a quarterback and all these injuries to overcome and the pressure of being in Philadelphia, it can be a lot. And so Lane has talked about over the last year, maybe only wanting to play another year or two. Now we know that he just signed that extension through 2026, but we have no idea with Lane. He's, you know, it's a, it's a hot and cold love hate relationship because of his situation. So I hope he plays another two, three years. I hope he plays to the end of that contract at 36. And he's Jason Peters still playing at a high level in his mid thirties. Right now he's the best tackle. I think regardless of which side in football, but is he playing two or more, you know, two or three more years? Not a hundred percent sure. So that's another position the Eagles could seriously consider taking early in the draft where that player is going to be maybe the right guard. Like if you take Peter Skaronsky and uh, he signs on as the right guard this year, then he plays right tackle and Lane eventually does hang it up. But again, this year, I think there's only a few positions where there's a clear path to being like a full-time starter where you're, you have a legitimate non-rotational role where like you're the guy, even in a rotation, you're the guy. You're not like the third or fourth guy in a rotation. You're number one or number two. So I think expect that again this year, you know, outside of, again, I don't think it's going to be like Nicobe Dean or Cam Jurgens where they never play, but it could be a lot like Jordan Davis's role last year, which was a lot more involved in the first half of the year. And then in the second half of the season, it was reduced even more when they brought in Linval Joseph. So I think there are some openings, though, for rookies that we will get into coming up next. Guys, today's show is sponsored by the best tasting protein bar in the world. It's Built Bar. The Built March Madness Bracket is here. We know you have a favorite bar or puff, and now's your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. You know I'll be voting for Peanut Butter Brownie. Vote them to win. Support your team. Support your bar or puff. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you will be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky Lockdown listeners can get a free box of Built Bars. Not only that, but one Lockdown fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built Bar to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You got to try Built. Built, the best protein bar ever. Seriously, they're so amazing. You won't think they're good for you. What makes Built Bars and Puffs so good? Well, for starters, they're all high in protein, low in sugar, and covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. Run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff. You can vote every day in March. So hop in and support your pick. All right, Eagles fans, we are continuing on this Friday edition of Lockdown Eagles. I was getting into the roles of potential rookie selections in the 2023 NFL draft for the Eagles next season. And I was basically saying in segment one that the positions I think the Eagles are going to take for the future, offensive line, right guard, right tackle, even if it's running back, I don't think that's going to be the one early on though. So let's stick with the line, defensive line, defensive tackle, edge rusher, cornerback. 
maybe a receiver. These positions the Eagles prioritize more than others, there's a reason that they prioritize it, and there's a reason that if they select those guys early on, they're going to be redshirt players because they already have the short-term situations at those spots on lockdown with stars. So I think for the most part, those first two picks in the first round, that selection in the second round, not going to say they're going to have no role, but if my prediction is right about what player that will be at what position, they're not going to come in and right away be the guy at that spot unless they're just so good that you have to have them out there. Like if, again, I, I like to use Kalijah Kansi because I think he just makes a lot of sense for the Eagles in the first round. But, you know, if a defensive tackle you bring in, Keanu Benton from Wisconsin and the second round comes in and he's just way better than Jordan Davis or Milton Williams or Fletcher Cox, then yeah, of course, he's going to be the guy, right? But there isn't, like when you select a cornerback this year, it's not, you know, because maybe if Darius Slayer, James Bradbury were gone and they drafted Devin Witherspoon, I'd say, there it is. There's your 2023 starter. I don't feel like I'm going to say that about most draft picks the Eagles have this year. Some positions that they could take where I would feel that way, again, I don't know if it would happen because the reason they have holes there is because they don't invest these top assets at these positions. I think it would be linebacker potentially, not with Nicobe Dean, but if you were to take a linebacker in the first two rounds, I'd say that's probably your starter over Morrow. If you were to take a B. John Robinson or a Jameer Gibbs in the first or second round at running back, I'd say as much as I like Rashad Penny, he's your Ryan Matthews this year is your number two. And I hate that I compared it to 2015 DeMarco Murray, but you know what I mean? Penny's your efficient, yet injured often RB2. And B. John Robinson comes in, or Jameer Gibbs, and they're the unquestioned starter. If you're drafting a running back in the first two rounds, like they are the guy. I also think safety. So they have Terrell Edmonds, who I think is going to be a starter next year. And they do like Reed Blankenship a lot. He's definitely going to have a much bigger role in 2023 versus his rookie season last year. But I don't think they want to guarantee Reed Blankenship the starting job without any sort of competition. Right now, I mean, you brought in Justin Evans, but is he and are you comfortable with Reed Blankenship and Justin Evans being your two and three at safety? I'm not so sure. So if they were to draft, let's say Brian Branch at 30, or they moved up for him in the first round, or you took Jordan Battle, or you, you took the Antonio Johnson from Texas A&M with one of those three picks in the first two rounds, that's a position that's the most likely one. Because I, again, I don't think they're going linebacker and I don't think that they're going running back. So the other position, I think if they draft a guy in the first two rounds, I say there is your a starter most likely for 2023. I think it would be safety. I think it would be if you selected a Brian Branch, a Jordan Battle, an Antonio Johnson. Even if in the third round you took a JL Skinner, although I don't think he fits this defense out of Boise State, you get the gist. If they take safety, I think that's the position where the Eagles do value it enough to consider taking one high, investing a premier asset in it. They wanted to re-sign Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. They traded for CGJ. Last year, they wanted to pay Marcus Williams top market money at this position. They don't value as much as these other positions, like the lines and receiver, quarterback, but they definitely value it more than I would say running back and linebacker. So that's the position I'd say there's a like, there's a chance, maybe not likely, but there's a chance they go early at safety and that's a starter potentially over Reed Blankenship. Linebacker and running back, yes, that could be the case if they went early. But the reason you'd say that is because they won't go with a guy early. They won't pay a player at that position top money. 
So I think that's a great, and it's a great situation to have. It would be different if it was like back in 2014 or 2013 when Chip Kelly took over and they signed Kerry Williams and Bradley Fletcher. And they said, well, we're not going to take a corner because we have Bradley Fletcher. Or if you drafted one and said, hey, we already signed our veteran starter this year you're going to be a red shirt to develop. Like, no, that's, that's different. You don't want to, Howie Roseman said this last year, we don't want to invest a ton in free agency and fill up every single hole with multi-year contracts on maybe like average starters and then block an opportunity for a much better, younger player that we draft high from getting that opportunity, right? Because if we invest a two, three year deal in a, you know, an older, okay cornerback, then that's going to be tough to justify then taking a corner in the first or second round. That's what that goes back to my best player available versus need debate. Like that's my thing. And how we said it last year is, you know, you, if you have stars at every position, like it's a good thing that cam Jurgens can't play that can't get on the field. That means you have a first ballot hall of famer, in my opinion, in Jason Kelsey, or if you draft a right tackle this year, like Daywan Jones from Ohio state, the good, it's a good thing that he can't play because they have, Lane Johnson, like last year, as much as I wanted to see Nicobe Dean out there, the reason he didn't play is because the Eagles were getting the best linebacking play from Kazir White and TJ Edwards that they'd gotten in a decade. So it would be, it's, this is a good thing to have that a lot of these guys aren't going to have immediate giant roles. Again, the difference would be if the Eagles filled up their roster with a bunch of band-aids and there's just like, those are the guys next year. And so that's why these rookies weren't getting opportunities. You, you don't want to do that and, and force, you know, these top draft picks on the bench. And that's what I love about what Howie's been doing with these, you know, one year, you know, low risk, high reward signings is you fill a hole immediately like Terrell Edmonds at safety, Jonathan Morrow at linebacker last year. It was you know, uh, Kazir White at linebacker. So you're not forcing a need in the draft. You don't need this rookie to come in and play right away. But at the same time, you're not blocking a long-term path for this rookie. If you love what you saw from Nicobe Dean, you can let Kazir White walk. If you love what you see from a safety you take this year, you can let Terrell Edmonds walk or a linebacker you take, you can let Morrow go. So I think that's the right way to go about it. So, I think it's a good situation to be in. You, you never say, well, we signed this, you know, average free agent. So therefore, you know, this rookie is not going to be a starter. And maybe that's why we don't take him. That's just, that's not going to happen. But for the Eagles case, again, they're a Super Bowl roster. And that's why there's very little holes. Again, if they were going to take one early and that could be a guy, I think it would be at the safety position. But again, I think they're going to go line or corner. And I think those players are next year going to be at most a, a rotational player because the Eagles have the best combination of offensive and defensive line talent in the NFL, I think, by far. San Francisco maybe is the, the next closest. All right, guys, we're going to wrap up the show coming up next right here on Locked on Eagles. I have a quarterback question, and it's kind of a what if that we'll get into. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. And today's show is sponsored by FanDuel. The tournament is heating up, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet does not win, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no sweat 
first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net this year. You can also bet on the NBA playoffs coming up, the NHL, NFL futures. It's all on a safe and secure app. It's super easy to use. Don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. When you join FanDuel today, just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. Again, FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the LockedOn Podcast Network. All right, Eagles fans, we're wrapping up this Friday edition of LockedOn Eagles, and it's with one of my favorite topics ever. It's a Eagles what if? And I thought about this because Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson had his pro day yesterday. Will Levis had his last week, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young. The quarterback market right now, the buzz is real this time around in the draft pre-draft process. Last year, it was dead in the water, except for me keeping it alive with Malik Willis. But the hype wasn't there last year. It was a weaker class with Kenny Pickett and Desmond Ritter and Malik. This year with those top four prospects, a lot of people are talking about it. All four of those guys will likely go, I would say, within the top seven, at least, you know, top 10, I think, at the latest. I don't think anybody's slipping after that. And you also have the Aaron Rodgers trade rumors. I shouldn't say rumors, but drama with the Jets and the Packers, the Lamar Jackson trade request. And it got me thinking because obviously the Eagles are not in the quarterback market. They have an elite 24-year-old quarterback that was a MVP runner-up last year. And he was the best player on the field in Super Bowl 57. However, rewind a year ago, the reason I was talking about Malik Willis on the show is because we didn't know, and I doubted, and many doubted, if Jalen Hurts was going to take this step. I think the Eagles did too. It's why they made that trade with the Saints to trade down in the first round last year and collect that extra first round pick in this draft. They wanted the flexibility of, if Jalen Hurts isn't the guy, we have two first round picks, we can try to move up and get one of these four prospects, Young, Stroud, Levis, and Richardson. And so I was thinking about it the other day, just reading all this quarterback news. I'm like, what if, and in a parallel universe somewhere, an alternate reality, this is probably going on, who would Howie Roseman have been going after this year if Hertz was not the guy? Like, let's say Jalen had another 2021 type of season and he just kind of plateaued and hit his ceiling and we knew he was just an average Alex Smith type of starter. Daniel Jones level of player, who would he have been gunning for? Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud. Who would he, Derek Carr? I, I mean, who would he have been gunning for with these two first round picks and a second and a top 10 selection as well? So he would have had a chance to move up, you know, even for a, let's say before the Bears Panthers trade, he would have had a chance at moving up for a Stroud or Young better than any other team. He would have had a better opportunity than anybody else. He would have been set up better than anybody to go get him. So would he have been into those two? Would it have been the upside of Richardson and Levis? It's an interesting what if for sure. Again, it's ideal and awesome that we don't have to have this talk, not just you know pure what if speculation. But um, it is funny though. I will say this. The podcast, as good as it is to have an elite 24-year-old quarterback, Lockdown Eagles did miss out on a nut job Lou DiBiase this offseason because I would have been all over this, especially considering my favorite non-Eagles athlete of all time, Lamar Jackson, is actually available. I would have every show been making the case for Lamar Jackson. And I put this up to a poll, actually, and my Lockdown Eagles listeners agreed that Lamar would be the guy they wanted the Eagles to go after. Not one of the prospects, definitely not, not a single person voted for Aaron Rodgers, which I completely agree with. He was available or 
you know, there was speculation he was available last year and Eagles fans were definitely not interested in that idea. I would predict that, I mean, they, sh- they should have been interested in Lamar Jackson. He's an elite pocket passer, regardless of what the stupid narratives say. They had the draft ammunition to go get him. Lamar is a mobile quarterback, and the Eagles love mobile quarterbacks. Randall Cunningham, Donovan McNabb, Michael Vick, Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts. Their roster would have been ready to win now, win a Super Bowl. So go get an elite 26-year-old that has one of the best win percentages for a player that age in NFL history that just won an MVP not that long ago that you know has playoff experience year after year. I would predict it would probably have been Lamar Jackson. When it comes to, though, if you had to say one of those four draft picks, that's where it gets tough because I think the Eagles, they like to take risks, right? I think just look at 2016. Howie Roseman did not want a Jared Goff type. And you can say they moved up to two and they and you can't guarantee what the Rams do that they had to be okay with Wentz and Goff. But I think Howie was convinced that Goff was going to the Rams. And that trade up the board was with Carson Wentz in mind. He wanted the upside of Carson's arm strength, his mobility, his ability to improvise, his aggressive mindset. He wanted the ceiling player over the floor player that was, and we can now confirm, is Jared Goff. Carson Wentz, his entire career has been boomer bust, where Jared Goff has been this consistent, good, not great level of play. How he moved up and wanted Wentz. So that would tell me that he would probably be very much intrigued by Anthony Richardson or Will Levis. Um, Levis gives me Wentz vibes. Maybe they'd be interested in him, but because of what happened with Wentz, I don't know if they would love Levis. I think of the two upside guys, the traits guys, I like to call them, I think it would be Anthony Richardson, who's got a lot of the same traits as Jalen Hurts when it comes to his powerful run style, but he has generational arm. I think it would probably be Anthony Richardson if it wasn't Lamar Jackson. It could be, I mean, again, they like they they believed in a younger, um, I should say smaller mobile quarterback in Russell Wilson in 2012. Last year, they wanted to trade for him as well. So I'm not saying Bryce Young, if they wanted to move up to one or two, would not have been on their board. They could have liked Bryce Young. And, you know, you look at 2021, they had interest in trading up for Zach Wilson, who just had beautiful arm mechanics and just was a, such a talented, pure passer. Maybe they'd like CJ Stroud too. I think, you know, that's why I would be going nuts on this podcast. All five options, legitimate options that they would have had outside of Aaron Rodgers. I don't think that would have been the, the choice for sure. Um, just doesn't fit the culture. And, you know, he's got one year left. The Eagles want a long-term, uh, you know, answer at quarterback. That's, that's what they always gun for. I think all of them would have intrigued the Eagles. But if I had to guess it, who would they would be targeting the most? I would say Lamar and then Anthony Richardson. That's definitely the two that I would target. But I could see why they would have been in on Will Levis for the same reasons they liked Carson Wentz. I could see why they'd be intrigued by Bryce Young. They liked Russell Wilson a lot. I think they're okay with a smaller quarterback. As long as he has that mobility, the accuracy, the leadership, another Bama kid, how he likes to take those SEC players now. And CJ Stroud has that kind of, I don't want to compare him to Zach Wilson. I think that's an insult. He's a much more polished prospect for sure. I don't think he's going to be a Zach Wilson level of bust, but it's that just pure natural arm talent. Those just smooth mechanics, beautiful touch, um, has mobility as well. 
I could see him liking CJ Stroud as well. It would have been a very fascinating offseason, but I'm not saying I want that reality, even for a guy that is a diehard Lamar Jackson supporter. I mean, you guys, if anybody follows me on Twitter, when I'm not talking Eagles, I'm talking Lamar Jackson. I would have been going nuts this offseason. It would have been great content, but man, am I glad the Eagles have Jalen Hurts. They have a mobile 24-year-old elite quarterback that just outdueled the MVP in the Super Bowl. Didn't get the job done, but Jalen got the job done. He left the field with the lead, or with, with, with the game all tied up. 35-35. So he's going to get the bag. The Eagles can now worry about building around him for the next decade plus. And this is one of the best players in the NFL. So can't complain the Eagles aren't in the quarterback market. I just, you guys know me, I'm a, a sucker for a good Eagles what if. And this is one of the big ones. Um, they were preparing to be in this market. And Howie's plan B was great. He projected it correct this offseason that if they were going to need a quarterback, this was the year to have two first-round picks and a top-10 selection because Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, that is a plethora of quarterback talent that should have, they all could have interested the birds for sure. All right, Eagles fans, that'll do it for this Friday edition of the show. Another week of podcasts in the books, but we do it all again next week, Monday through Friday on all podcast platforms and on YouTube as well. And I'll be talking birds over the weekend as well on Twitter at Lockdown Birds and at DiBiase L-O-E. Thanks as always for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen every day. Make sure your second listen is the Lockdown NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes. From free agency to the draft, salary cap management and more, join NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday. Find Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for watching and listening, and let's go Birds. 